Today on Jack Daniels Presents This Life Ain't For Everybody, the Breaking It Down edition with Chad Belding and Alex Crosby. The guys rehash the Super Bowl. They should have won the game. What? Like I said, I thought it was a great game. Congrats to the Niners. Congrats to the Chiefs for beating the Niners because they're a hell of a team. Yeah! Uh, That's exactly what I was going to say. Ludacris. That was pretty smart to do. Okay! They mourn the loss of Toby Keith. I'm still not over Toby Keith. What a stallion. Thank you for being my friend. Songwriting is one of the best ever. in the Hall of Fame. Freddie Mac kissed my how patriotic he was. The way he did it was admirable. Like, he yep. lived life to the full. Life can be hard. And pay homage to sports legends. I'd say Tyson's the most famous boxer in the history of boxing. 100%. I don't know. There's things that bring me into a space that you got to pay homage to and give respect. I, I often think about the Barry Bonds, Sammy Sosa, Mark McGuire era of baseball. There. Nolan Ryan's, you know, Randy Johnson. We will never see another Ricky Henderson. Will we ever see another Cal Ripken record? No. Chuck Liddell, Randy Couture days. Tiger Woods. Turn it up. This episode of Jack Daniels presents This Life Ain't For Every The Breaking It Down edition with Chad Belding and Alex Crosby starts now. Frickin' Niners. Dude. Did you watch it? Oh, yeah. It's funny because my perception of it was like it was a really good game. And then I talked to a Niner fan and they, like Tony, said they lost in the first quarter. And he knows a lot. Uh, he He knows the team. The game and strategy they were winning at halftime. I know. Now, there's ideologies that you could say, you know, when Greenlaw goes out, that hurts him big time. That injury to his Achilles and him going out kills their defense. Mm-hmm. That early fumble by Christian. Yep. That was. But it was still, they still had the lead at halftime. Mm-hmm. There was some weird calls. You know, I don't, you can never argue with Shanahan because he's a, you know, he's a pretty good genius football mind. But receiving the ball in overtime. Kind of weird, not knowing what you're up against. You know, the pl- the that was a player mistake. The guy that called the coin didn't understand the new rules of the overtime. He said, "I get, apparently, I haven't seen it, but Mahomes' eyes get, like, huge. Like, he just realized yeah. you just gave Well, there's me- also footage on the sideline that they say, we want the ball, we want the ball. Yeah. When he's going out there. Because I think it was Charlie Warner that went out. Or not Charlie Warner, it was War- uh, the, the linebacker Warner, right, yeah. that was going out there. But I guess he didn't realize the new rules of the yeah because you yeah they they should have obviously elected to uh, wait. He's thinking that the new rule is that not both teams get a chance. Correct. I thought that that's that has been the rule for a few seasons. No, it, apparently it was something new because they well they explained the rules in the sidelines. The guy explained it obviously when you're on the field with ninety thousand people you know cheering and stuff. Maybe you didn't hear it, but and they put it up on the TV too like it was a fairly new thing. I think the way that they did it is fairly new. Mm, I would have to look that up. Yeah. When did the NFL rule go into effect that both teams get a chance to score in overtime? In 1974, the NFL adopted sudden death overtime for regular season and preseason games. If the score is tied after regulation time, one additional period is played. Until the 2016 season, the period was 15 minutes in all games. In 2017, it was changed to 10 minutes in regular season games, while overtime in preseason games was abolished from 1920 to 73 and since 2001, and it remains 15 minutes for playoff games. Okay, well, that didn't answer my question. So I just Googled postseason overtime rules 2024, and it says the new playoff overtime rules include, and it goes through the thing. So I wonder if they were adopted in 2024. I I feel like it was fairly new because it seemed like at least, and I wasn't watching the game with a bunch of people that knew a lot about football, but they didn't really understand you know, everybody was going, well, so what happens? You know, they get to score one. Is no, it, I knew you know? I knew that when he accepted the ball, I was like, ooh, yeah. man, if you give Mahomes a chance to know he has to score a touchdown and you only get a field goal like that, you know, like they did, which they oh. should have they should have scored a touchdown in overtime. They should have went for it. They should have went for it. That was a weird call to go for the kick. Okay. You know, we were texting back and forth, and Clay made the comment about how that missed PAT is going to come back to haunt him. It, it did. Because it would have been like 24-23 It would have been over. It would have been over. Yep. You can, yeah. you know, hindsight's always twenty twenty, and you can be an armchair quarterback and a couch coach and all that. But you know, there was some plays that you look at, like, why are they doing that? Why are they calling that? And it was kind of like with the Detroit Lions the week before, or two weeks before in the NFC Championship, that some of the calls that he that Campbell was calling, we were like, wow, what is he thinking? And you just you go for it, but. They should have won the game. I think so. Period. They should have yeah. beat the Kansas City Chiefs. But again, you're going against a quarterback that's already in Hall of Fame at 28 years old. He's so good. He's going to break every record probably. And freaking Brock Purdy, he's, he rose the occasion and controlled the game. They all had good games. And they can get right back there, I think, if they keep the team together. Oh, yeah. 
like I said, I thought it was a great game. It just was, it, you know, Tony and I heard some other people kind of were like, oh, I knew that they had given it up in the first, you know, half or whatever, which maybe they hoped that, that they had played a little bit better football. You know, like you said, hindsight 2020 and all that, you know, had they scored on that opening drive when they came out so strong, it's a different game. But you said it, you know, Mahomes is just a heck of a quarterback, dude. And when the pressure got put on, he went to the next next level. Yeah, but, but he didn't look that good for the you know for nope. the for the entire game. I agree. He that's was, what I mean. When the pressure got on him, it was like, dude, I, I'm going to do it. Boom. And that's what the greats do. Yeah. And Purdy's great. Purdy's going to be a, a stud. Yeah. And he's, he's been to the NFC Championship his first year as Mister Irrelevant and hurt his elbow in that game and lost to Philadelphia. Comes back the very next year and takes him all the way through the playoffs with home field advantage, number one seed to the Super Bowl and loses in overtime. To, you know, arguably the best quarterback ever, you know, obviously uh, Brady's going to have that title for a long time. I think there's a lot of great quarterbacks. It's hard to say, but he's a stud. Mahomes yeah. is a stud. He but is. to get back to the, the the game, like, you know, get back to the Super Bowl in his second year as mystery irrelevant and lead the team. It wasn't an easy season. I no. mean, they got banged up by Cincinnati. They got, you know, that Detroit game was good. The Green Bay Packers almost beat them in the first round of the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Second round, actually, because they had a bye in the first. So, I don't know, man. I was hurt. Like, it, it sat with me. It's almost like you take ownership when your buddies are on the team. Yeah. But getting as close as we have with these guys and as cool as they are, man, you know, just going down there for the NFC Championship and the way they treated us after the game, you get you become part of it. You want them to win. Right. You want him to freaking win. You know, I, I was thinking to myself, reminiscing on last week when we recorded with Colton, you know, it's like, how personal do those guys take it? Like you said, you're kind of still thinking about it. I've heard tons oh, of other people are bad. just upset about it. You know, oh, bad. Because I bad. Yeah, yeah. like I'm talking like they had to take, you know, you could see it in their post game interviews. Sure. But I've, you know, per- had a personal conversation with them. And as of yesterday, our guy, our good, you know, our main guy, Colton, he was not over it. Like, he's like, it's taking a lot of time. Like, it that to work that hard and to be in the trenches that many games with a team like that and to know that, you know, they report in two weeks, three weeks. No, they get a month off. So, April 15th, I think they report again for spring training and spring, you know, weightlifting and all that. Hmm. It starts early. Yeah. Then they go home again and then they come back in the summer for workouts. And then as August, you know, you go right into the season and they're right back at it and they felt the effects of that big time. Yeah, it took a, it took, bad. and I don't know if you'll ever get over it. I'm not saying it's like drama and it's not like a soldier and it's not like you're losing somebody in your family or somebody close to you. But man, when you're in the trenches like that and your team is that close to each other, you want to win it. When right. you get that close, right? Overtime in the Super Bowl to be a Super Bowl world champion. Yeah. What'd you think of Usher's deal? Were you impressed with it at all? There was mixed reviews. Uh, I'm gonna let you start, but. I was not excited about it at all because I'm like, Ugh, man, like, I, I can't, you know, everybody went nuts for the Dr. Dre and Eminem one and 50 Cent and all that. And I was just like, yeah, that one was just OK to me. I do love their I love all those guys. I think they're amazing. Those rappers. But live rap shows have never impressed me. I've gone to rap concerts, you know, with Eminem or D12. I just saw Cube. And I'm not saying that you don't get into it. But it's just a different vibe. Rap concerts are hard for me and as a whole. So, but go ahead. What were your ideas or your thoughts on the Usher uh, halftime show? My only thing is just that, you know, Usher was popular when I was in high school. You know, so you're talking 20, you know, 25 years ago, Usher was popular. So I thought it was cool to see him again. And then I think the, I thought all the, you know, the collabs were cool. You know what I mean? To see uh, Little John and. Uh, That's exactly what I was going to say. Ludacris. That and, was pretty smart to do. Because, dude, it felt like, to me, it felt like I could have been at my high school prom again. You know what I mean? Like, not to say that they're irrelevant now, but they're just, they're not the big names that they used to be. But to see them like that, like all back together, I thought it was cool. And I, like you said, I, I saw mixed reviews on it, but. I thought it was good. I thought they I got, enjoyed it. I thought the the ludicrous part and the little John, like that got the crowd hyped. Oh yeah. Alicia it, Keys was good too. I yeah, mean, like, she was good too on the piano. It was yeah. it was it was a, a good halftime show, in my opinion. I think people obviously always berate the halftime show. It's mm. like you can't please anybody yeah. with the thing. And if you think about it, like you got all these people that are there for a football game, they're not there for a concert. 
the intensity of the football game, a lot of them are probably going to take a leak or get a beer at halftime. 100%. They want to do that. And then you got all these fake fans that are pushed or whatever, however you get extras on the, floor, yeah. the extras down there that are like being almost paid to jump around with little John, you know, like I wouldn't be running down on the field to get up close to that show. No. No, any show. Like when Travis Tripp played it, and I love Travis Tripp, but I wouldn't be that fan that'd be like, man, I'm here to see this halftime show. So really, it's a they're up against a big hurdle, in my opinion, to please people. And they're always going to have critics on both sides of the fence, I think. But as a whole, I enjoyed it. And I really like the energy that Lil John brought. And, you know, the roller skating, how difficult <laughs> is that? Nuts. That's kind of a difficult deal to go and, and change clothes that fast and put skates on yeah. and then come out and do some yeah, kind I mean, of racing. It probably look like a NASCAR pit crew. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> Ushers, roller skates going on, all of that. It's funny because there were some younger kids at the house I was at when I saw the halftime show and they had no clue, really. I'm not saying they had no clue. They've obviously heard, yeah, and some of those, but they really didn't know, like, who Usher was, you know, they heard the club hits and he didn't start out with his club hits. You know, he started out with some of his, you know, he's an R and B guy really, you know, and he started out with some of that stuff and they were like, what's this? Who's that? And then I thought the one guy was Jermaine Dupree. Have you, there's been a lot of like people couldn't figure out in it or uh, the guy to cut out the shorts or not. I thought it was CeeLo, but it was Jermaine Dupree, right? Jermaine Dupree. Yeah. I I thought thought it was CeeLo too. That would have been cool, dude. I would have liked to seen CeeLo out there too, but yeah, I thought it was like you said, wearing though. He looked like Angus Young. I know. I was like, what is he doing? He had like those ruffled socks on and stuff. Yeah. He was doing some ACDC shit. I do think that speaking of ACDC, like a rock halftime show, I think is where it's at. I just saw a clip of like Metallica playing like in 94. When was the last time the 49ers went to, or not the 49ers. I'm sorry. It was in like 94. He Metallica did a 45 minute show before a Raider game. And it was dude. Yeah. It was was insane. Yeah, that's when Metallica was rad. Oh, and it was like that a might par- have been a little bit after they jumped the shark with the black album. They still had hair. They had long pe- hair. Yeah, people hate yeah. them. And they still had Jason Newstead, I think. Yeah. But it was cool. You know, I, I think it'd be cool to see. I mean, obviously, you're not putting Pantera out there, but like, you know, an, an ACDC kind of a vibe or. Yeah, I mean, if you go you know. back and look at old videos back, like I have the VHS tapes of like, I believe it's Castle Donington in 1991. See if you can, you're good at, you're, you scroll, like you, I don't know how you would find this, but see if you could find Donington, I believe it's D-O-N-N-I-N-G-T-O-N, ACDC Thunderstruck, 1991. Oh yeah, 92. Live at Donington? Is it 92? I was sworn it was 91. Um, just play that video and see what, and look at the crowd. Like that's exactly oh. what it, look at that. And that's the best anthem band of all time. You're talking that. Watch the video. What? Is there a video of it? Oh, you Googled it. I go, yeah. I'll put it in Instagram and see if there might be a video or something. If you or somewhere you could find it. I have it on VHS. That's dating me. Right? Is mm-hmm. that dating me myself? Yes. Donington is where they did, I believe, where they no Wembley. Maybe I'm thinking of Wim. No, it's Donington. Ninety one. Oh, Donington. there was a huge crowd at that. Yeah, but and then Wembley's the place where they did the Freddie Mercury tribute show, and Guns and Roses came out and did Knocking on Heaven's Doors. Oh, this is Heat Seeker live at Donington, and oh, it's insane. Are there every hand in the air, dude? When when they do Thunderstruck at that show, it is like you didn't go on to Instagram. That was, I just found that Heat Seeker was the first one I saw. I didn't want to interrupt you. No, you're good. I'm sure we can find it. ACDC Donington. Flick the switch. Thunderstruck. Oh, here it is. Oh, you found it. Good. Listen, is Angus standing up above the drum set? Yeah. Look at that. Oh, everyone's just going nuts. You can barely hear the instruments. What is Donington? Playing the microphone. Whoa. It was just a short clip. Oh, really? It was just him, that opening riff. Dude, they have a, that full video of you watch it when... Oh, here it is. Oh, it's a short clip too, but it's insane. Do you see that crowd? Oh, this is... Uh, yeah... That's iconic when he's got the black uh, black tank top and black uh, hat to match. That clip, I think. Did you see the hands in the air? Oh yeah, it was nuts. I oh, think you're ta- are like- you talking. Are you talking about Brian Johnson, the lead singer? Brian. Yeah. Oh, when he comes out, which it's you know everybody talks about um, ACDC. Gosh dang, my mind's not working. I've been on the phone nonstop today. But the original lead singer, Bon Scott. Bon Scott. When he he was kind of like a Freddie Mercury looking guy. And he was unreal talented. But this guy, Brian Johnson, like he's hard to beat. Yeah. Unless we like when he went down with the surgery and Axel had to fill in for that year and a half of the tour. 
Axel freaking tore it up. ACDC. I think it ended up hurting Axel's voice a little bit singing those high pitched ACDC. He, he's got like a grovelly kind of a. You know, yeah, I love his. It's a good, I've, like, I've liked AC, voice. I've always described ACDC like this, which I'm glad we kind of transitioned into music off of this Usher halftime show. And I really do. Congrats to the Niners. Uh, congrats to the Chiefs for beating the Niners because they're a hell of a team. And Colton and Charlie and Brock and George and everybody that is taking us in and showing us a good time this season. And I know you have tons of fans and family, but if it means anything, thank you. Congratulations on a great season. The awards y'all won, the MVPs. You know, Colton got Lyman of the Year award. I was going to say, Colton got a nice reward. So congratulations, guys. Can't wait to hang. We're going to go fishing soon. I know Colton was down on a hunt yesterday. Uh, with Rock Merlot, and they hammered the specs. Getting it, getting it off season. his mind with a little uh, yeah, got trigger it therapy. Off his mind, and now he's, uh, I know he's headed on a family vacation with Abby, his girlfriend, and then I'll be seeing him on that trip I told you about to the volleyball tournament if you still want to come, want to hang out on uh, beginning of March if you want to come down. He's coming down for it. I got my room booked last night. I got a king bed if you're interested. One single king? One single or one right. single queen, maybe. At the Via? Uh, no, not at the Via. A different part of San Francisco. I did want to stay at the VIA. I always stay at the VIA. But transitioning back into music, this deal, that another thing that we just talked about, I know how hard things hit you. I'm still not over Toby. And the reason we haven't talked about Toby Keith, but what a stallion. Mm-hmm. He booked all those shows in Vegas in December. I feel now after talking to people closer to him than I was, reading some reports, I think he knew he was done. He had quit chemo from what I hear. And I thought he was making a turnaround. I would text him. I would be texting with him. And and it sounded like, you know, his spirits were high and he was was booking these shows. And he did a pop-up show in Orlando at the ICAST uh, fishing uh, industry show. He did a pop-up show in Oklahoma. Like, I thought he was on the mend. And he wasn't letting it out of the bag, except probably to his closest friends. Like, there's a quote out there of Brett Favre. I saw a news report on him saying that Toby had told him that he had stopped the chemo. And then I heard other reports that, you know, three weeks or so before he passed, he went in the hospital and they knew he wasn't coming out. Like, I guess, you know, when he, when he quit chemo, you know that you can't beat it. The doctors must have told him, like, it's got you. Or the chemo is just so bad that the you chemo can't, was painful. Yeah, and you so can't bad handle it. that. It's almost like. And you, you've gone through that with your dad. But to wake up and, and have everybody just be like, Toby died. He did it in a way to where he didn't say bye to anybody. You know, I'm sure obviously to his family did and his closest friends. But. The way he did it was admirable. Like he yep. lived life to the fullest Classic. right up to the, at 62 years old. And man, I love his stuff. Oh man, he's good. Did you go with me the last time he was here a couple of years ago? Tile? No, to the Nugget. He played the Nugget and tore it up. I don't think I did. We went to that. We I saw him in Tahoe with you, South Tahoe, when we were on his tour bus and all that stuff. Yeah, that was a while ago. That was that when was, that Red was, Solo Cup was so popular. Yeah, yeah. We went to Tahoe several times and went on his bus and did all that, but this last time was at the Nugget, and he just sound, looked great, sounded great. It was before he got the cancer diagnosis. and But, man, I'm telling you, every day I wake up and it just hits me. like, And I didn't even know Toby that well. just knew him a little bit, but I just always respected him, you know? And that one's hard to get over. Yeah, he had a, a very likable personality, and it's sad. You know, like you said, 62, dude. It's brutal. That's young. I mean, I think I was thinking the same thing you were thinking. It's a – he kind of went out in like a very classy, you know, maybe his friend, real close friends and family knew more than, the, but, you know, it was cool that it, in a lot of ways that he came out and he did a cut, like you said, he did some shows and he did some pop-ups and, you know, it wasn't like, oh, I'm retiring and, you know, that, you know, and just all that. He just kind of did a very classy, you know, did as much as he could, as long as he could. And when his time was up, it was up, you know, it was, it was very um, I think different than a lot of people do it, you know? I think a lot different than a lot of people do it. And he, there was a lot of people that had mixed, you know, I'd read, read up on reports like in Forbes magazine back in the day about how much money Toby was making and how he did it. And his history with Scott Bruschetta and big machine and Taylor Swift. And he was a tycoon, dude. The guy was a tycoon. He was an investor. He built businesses. He had just bought lucky strike or striking one of them. Lucky strike lures, the fishing company. That's why he was at the ICAST show. And, he had built a freaking empire, man. And then songwriting, he's one of the best ever. He's in the Hall of mm-hmm. Fame. Wrote all of his songs. And I think that there was mixed emotions by people, you know, going back to 9-11 and when he wrote the song, you know, you saw him on our 9-11 special, having him do that interview. How sacred is that now? Oh, yeah. How sa- God, I wish I would have flown to Oklahoma. I was getting ready to fly to Oklahoma to podcast with him at his ranch. And then his agent, 
his manager, who I have a relationship with, told me that it ain't going to happen, that he's just not ready. And then, so he recorded me the video interview for 9-11 episode we did with the firefighters and everything. But that song he wrote, courtesy of the Red, White, and Blue, American Soldier, um, it starts out American, American boys, all of that stuff. Then he wrote several other songs about soldiers. And then he got into the big argument with Natalie Maines and Dixie Chicks and like tore them apart with her quote about the president Mm -hmm. when she was over in Europe. So there was like that, probably that disconnect from Toby with a lot of artists, even though they respected him, a lot of them probably didn't like the treatment that he was given Natalie and how, you know, how patriotic he was because dude, let's admit it. I mean, there's a lot of artists in today's world that aren't that patriotic. I would guess they're just not. Most of them are the majority of them are not. Yeah. At some point. Right. Yeah. And I can't assume it, but they sure aren't as boisterous about it as Toby was, and which he should be. You know, instead of getting on a soapbox and saying gun control and anti-America, get on the soapbox and support our military. Right. You know, Zach Brown's done a great job of it with Chicken Fry, all of his live shows, and John Rich from Big and Rich does a great job of it. And I'm not saying they don't. I mean, a lot of them give thanks, but Toby was on a, a next level, going over and playing for our troops, yeah, he, taking the he time. He did like 11 VFW tours. Yeah, he didn't make money doing uh, that USO stuff. tours. He never made money doing that. That was oh, on zero. him. That's all on him. For sure. And he didn't need to. Putting himself in harm's way, he went over and, and, and other artists have done it. So, But I think there might have been a disconnect with Toby and other artists because of how big he got and not just because of jealousy, but because of the way he was outspoken about our military and taking pride in America, how patriotic he was. Yeah. And I, it, you know, you wonder if he, it, because he didn't necessarily, you know, air quotations, play the game, you know, is that what you know, maybe doesn't pit people against him, but I don't know. Just thinking about it while you were talking about, you know, are some of these artists hoping to be, you know, globally famous, you know, like a Taylor Swift or something like that. And, you know, they recognize that there's billions of people in other countries, so they don't want to offend them by being pro American or something. I don't know. It'd be an interest, or is it just the fact that when a lot of these artists make, it seems like when, when people make a lot of money, they tend to drift towards a liberal, you know, yeah, why? Of, I wonder why. I don't know. I, I don't know. But, it, you know, you notice people that a I lot have, of, I've seen it like yeah. Kim McGraw, I think, moved that way. Faith Hill, Ryan Bingham made some stuff. And I think that maybe, you know, and it's just from the outside looking in, it's almost like they were all in Hollywood doing the Yellowstone deal. Uh, Tim's been in a lot of movies, yep. you know, um, and maybe that changes them once they get around it. Garth Brooks seems to have changed since he's come into a lot of money. Mm hmm. Again, you don't really know them because you're not in their shoes. You don't get to sit down with them. But it's such a weird mindset to let money take you to that side of things to where, I don't know, it's almost like that Illuminati. Yeah, that's that's the way your mind starts to drift. I'm with you. It's weird. I don't know because I'm not going to sit there and say money doesn't matter because money matters. I love money. I don't chase money, but you got to have it. Got to have it. Got to have it to live a nice life. And you got to work hard to get it. Mm-hmm. Most people do anyway. And I don't know. It's just kind of, I don't know. I think that, you know, staying on the topic of Toby, some of the things, though, that if you watched, like I'd be laying in the hotel and be scrolling through the TV, trying to find something to watch. I've been on the road forever. And CMT did a full tribute to him. ESPN had, ESPN or Fox Sports had, Oklahoma did a red solo cup tribute at the basketball game, held them all up. The wrestling mm. team did it. Um, the, the basketball team at Oklahoma had Toby written across their warm-up jerseys, you know, in the Oklahoma Sooner Red. Mm. That's cool. Yeah. I mean, I just think that that is so awesome that he made his mark on the earth. And it's not like he's 90. He's still a working man at 62, working and putting out music and touring and doing the thing. And gosh, damn it, man. Life is life and cancer just kicks you in the balls. And you just got to live. You got to live every day to its fullest and know that somebody out there somewhere has it worse than you do. You can't, you know what I mean? You can't get down in the dumps. I mean, all the money in the world, Toby Keith was worth hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars. He could travel the world. He had boats, he had jets, he had anything he wanted and it didn't matter. Steve, look at Steve Jobs. Are. Steve Jobs the same way, Steve man. Steve Jobs. All the money in the world. It all doesn't the money, matter. You know, there's a local guy here who's a billionaire that, yeah, you just, there's certain things that get you health-wise that, that all the money in the world can't fix. You know what I mean? You hear about, you know, you know, 
people in other places and you know you have a heart attack and you die from it in certain countries and where here we think we have all this modern medicine and you know we're doing so well you look at stuff like that and you go i mean that what was that a year or two ago that he got diagnosed maybe he lasted a year and a half yeah i mean and probably maybe you know i wonder if it's fair to say that i wonder if somebody with less not even the notoriety doesn't matter i don't think but the money insurance money medical bills right i wonder if somebody with less than toby had stays alive that long no you could you know compare it to magic johnson in the late 80s or 90s and when he was diagnosed with AIDS, million. They, people were dying left and right from hiv aids and he's alive and healthy today 30 plus years later that's all because of money they, you know if you can afford the treatments but i mean i think just i was just thinking that more like can't yeah he probably survived a lot longer than most people do with a cancer like that but it's at the end of the day it's going to get you and it doesn't matter how famous you are how much money you got and it sucks like it, you got to enjoy life every day because you're not promised the next one you know it, and it's doesn't matter who you are or how much money you got or anything else certain things get a hold of you and it can be over that quick that quick like it's just sad you know yeah. you know i know you've gone through with your dad and i lost my dad at a young age and it's just life. It's just part of it. And I get it. You can't be scared to die. You got to live. Like, look at us, man. We're in our 40s. I'm almost 50. And I'm loving life more than I ever have. And I guarantee you, 60 is not old. No. I know it's not old. I mean, I see Les. Les sent me this picture. God, I always talk about Les, don't I? His birthday was last week, February 12th, right? 83 years old. He goes, how about this? He knew about Toby. Me and him have been texting about Toby. He says, don't let the old man in, right? Mm-hmm. Which is the new song that Toby wrote after a golf round with Clint Eastwood. Right. Do you know that story? Yeah, yeah. Clint started talking on the golf, one of Clint's golf courses. and How, Toby, to, stay, how to stay young. How kinda. to keep that old man out. Yeah. And he put 83rd birthday, 500 pounds. And he's pushing the sled at 83 years old with 500 pounds on it. No shit. On his 83rd birthday. Wow. What a stud. 83. 83. That's 33, 34, 30, like 35 years from now for us, for me, more than for you. And he's still going hard loving life. I'm having dinner with him tomorrow night. You want to come out? He'd like to see you. You probably won't commit to that because I know you're sitting there going, I don't want the audience My to hear four, 45 Chad's minute drive in, out. Sending another drink, invite. 45 hey, minute drive audience, home. Audience, it was just another invite. Just an invite. Chad's cooking nice American almond beef ribeyes. Chad invited me out here at lunchtime and didn't have anything prepared, if you can imagine that. And and Crosby's girlfriend and her dad <laughs> owned two restaurants. That well, it would have been cold by the time I got out no, here. No, it wouldn't have. You got heaters. It's like a 45-minute drive. We're going to break here for a few commercials. I'm fired up. I appreciate y'all being here. It's time for a salute. Rest in peace, Mr. Toby Keith. Pour some Jack Daniels in a red Solo cup and raise them up high. Here's to you, Toby Keith. That one's hard to get over. To wake up and, and have everybody just be like, Toby died. Man, I love of his stuff. No oh, man, he's good. Toby was on a, a next level. He made his mark on the earth. Red Solo Cup, I fill you up. This life ain't for everybody. The Breaking It Down Edition is brought to you by Jack Daniels, American Almond Beef, The Provider, and Pecos. Chad and Alex will return after the break. Hang tight. Hey, everybody, you know we are a huge fan of Jack Daniels, not just their product, but their mission, their culture, Lynchburg, Tennessee, the people. And we want to introduce you to the Jack Daniels Single Barrel Program. Join us at jackdaniels.com and learn about the Single Barrel Program, visiting Lynchburg, Tennessee, participating in a barrel tasting, a whiskey tasting, picking your favorite flavor, whether it's the burn in your mouth, whether it's the maple, whether it's the different combination of flavors that you are going to experience in each of the distinct bottles of Jack Daniels Single Barrel, you're going to be able to choose the best one, your favorite one, and purchase that entire barrel. It all comes bottled in individual single barrel bottles. You get your own hanging name tag, brand tag, your logo on it. You can give them away as gifts. Go knock on the door of a landowner and say, thank you for letting me hunt your field. There's so many options with the Jack Daniels Single Barrel Program. We're proud to be part of it. We have introduced it to so many of our friends and family across the country, whether it was at a business, whether it was at a duck lodge, whether it was at a conservation event. It is truly an awesome program. Learn more about it at jackdaniels.com. The single Single Barrel Program. We've been involved for the last five. 
five years. I'm looking at two of my barrels right now. We just got our 2023 barrel in the single barrel rye. Absolutely mesmerizing. My brother Clint's old fashions with it speak for themselves. It's the Jack Daniels single barrel program. Check it out. Learn about it. I hope you decide to visit Lynchburg, Tennessee and get your own barrel. Thank you very much. Looking for a high-quality truck accessory that's built to last? Look no further than Lear. With over 50 years of experience in the industry, these guys know what it takes to make your ride look and perform its best. Whether you're looking for a fiberglass or aluminum cap, a hard or soft cover, or accessories to customize your truck, Lear's got you covered. Their products are made with only the best materials, and their innovative features provide added convenience and security for truck owners. Head over to Lear.com to explore their range of products and take your driving experience to the next level. Having storage when it comes to our bounty, whether we're on a duck hunt, a goose hunt, an upland hunt, fishing trip, we rely on gator coolers. They're coolers, the different sizes, the different models. You need one on wheels because you're carrying a little bit more weight. You need a 45 quart, a 70 quart, 110 quart, smaller ones like the 20 quart. Do you need a personalized pad, a customized pad on top with your logo? What about their drinkware, their tumblers, their thermoses, all of their highball cups, their coffee cups, their wine? Cups, Gator Coolers, Louisiana, Brian McGee, G A T R Coolers.com. No O in there. Gator, G A T R. We depend on them daily. You got to make sure that you're prepared. You got to condition that cooler, right, Crosby? Got to have a good cooler. People that say you can use them other ones still, no. I don't think that you can use the other ones that aren't the roto molded style, and Gator Coolers is far ahead of the curve. Check them out at GatorCoolers.com. Get into their drinkware, to their coolers, get into their customized pads, and don't forget gator skin for your boat your ski boat your summer boat your duck boat all of our gator tail boats have the gator skin in them by gator coolers and i'm telling you it's customized it's comfortable it doesn't rot it doesn't fade it's got our company logos and branding a lot of different designs you can do check out the new gator skin by gator coolers the official cooler and drinkware of the foul life tv the foul life podcast and where the pavement ends podcast and tv thank you all very much for supporting gator coolers Welcome back to Jack Daniels Presents This Life Ain't For Everybody, the Breaking It Down Edition. I think it is that social media deal that everybody's living their best life. What's out there is their best life, yeah. And everybody thinks that life is so easy. Chad and Alex know that adversity is one of life's greatest teachers. And I'm not saying that life is not unbelievable and fulfilling, and there's so many great parts of it, but life can be hard. It's how you rebound from the downs and how you celebrate the highs. And Okay, how do I use this to grow and use that to elevate the rest of my life? Mm-hmm. Thanks to Lear Toppers, Mickey Thompson Tires, Rigid Lights, and Cowboy Choice Feeds for supporting This Life Ain't For Everybody. Now back to the boys. On the same note of health, I want to send a shout out to my assistant and good friend. She's more an assistant. She runs my whole life. Your friend, Jennifer Swenson. Her dad gets diagnosed last week with stage four pancreatic cancer. And they give him three to six months. And hadn't been feeling good, but, you know, they talk. Jen talks to her dad every day. He lives in Oregon. She lives here, obviously. He lasted four days. That's a tough one. Just passed. Yeah. Yeah. And it just, and and I want to send a shout out to Jennifer Swenson, her dad, Ron, Mr. Crane, rest in peace. Um, Jen, we love you. The family, you know, we're here for you. Um, Life is full of that, you know. When I went through it, you were there for me. My friends gathered around. People flew in from across the country. You don't shake it. It doesn't get easier. Mm. We talked, you know, Jen had texted me. You'll appreciate this text. And I know I'm not going to be able to find it. It's what, cause we text a lot. Um, but she sends me a text when she, I'd like to find it because it is a nice tribute to this podcast. Any, anyway, we had done a podcast where we were talking about my dad, your dad. And like, would you rather it be like my dad where gone doesn't suffer doing what he loves, they say, or watch him go through chemo and suffer and have a chance to prepare and say bye. Like what? And so she sent me a text. She goes, I just listened to this episode and she's like, I'm so messed up after you and Alex discussed this because I don't know what I would want. My seeing my dad like this is really ruining me. Mm-hmm. And she doesn't know. She was like, so that question we poised is pretty important. It's pretty powerful. You know, I never got to say bye to my dad. I just got to go bring him. I brought him uh, 10 logs of Copenhagen, which at that time in the history of tobacco, smokeless tobacco, they were 10. Remember the 10 cans and a log? Yeah, yeah. I had a connection and he needed it. He never chewed a day in his life, but he needed it for the landowner, the rancher up there in Via. 
And that's the last time I saw my dad. I was on the phone, busy as hell. He's out in his garden. He was leaving the next morning. I said, Pops, love you. See when you get back. Kill a big buck. He had an archery antelope tag. Never saw him again. I left the next day, flew to Seattle or Portland, maybe Portland. I was working with DU and Melanie went with me. We were married at the time and then and got, no, we weren't married at the time. We were engaged and got the call that uh, dad was gone. Ruins your world. Oh, yeah. And here we are this many years later. And yeah, I pray to dad all the time and I talk to him all the time. But you still hurt. You still wonder. Like a 30-year-old man losing your dad, you're nowhere near mature at 30. No. And, you know, and I and, and then going through the thoughts of like him not getting to be around his grandkids, my mom, uh, us seeing what we're doing in life, whether it's success and helping us with the failures or whatever. It's weird thought on how to navigate life because everybody in today's world is happy. So many people, and, and again, I think it is that social media deal that everybody's living their best life. What's out there is their best life, yeah. And everybody th- thinks that life is so easy and that it, it just comes and and happens. And I'm not saying that life is not unbelievable and fulfilling, and there's so many great parts of it, but life can be hard in a lot of ways, whether you face diversity, whether you face a death like Jen is right now, Toby Keith's family, whether you face a loss. Is that minor? Compared to a death, probably, but still, you face a loss like the Niners did. Mm-hmm. That's a big hurdle to get over. You question yourself. You wonder if you're good, that good. You wonder why you lost. Wonder if you're ever going to get back there. You know, Jen's like, I never get to talk to my dad again. I never get to see him. Like, yeah, you do. It depends on your spirituality and what you believe in on the other side. But you know, life can just be full of, and obviously it is. I'm not saying anything that's that I'm making, you know, that I've discovered or that I've studied and found new evidence that life is full of up and downs, dude. Oh, yeah, yeah, and, and I mean, it's it's how you rebound from the downs and how you celebrate the highs, and yeah, it's freaking every day is a challenge. I think for everybody, every walk of life, right? I mean, certainly, you know, there's very successful people in the world that don't worry about the same things that a person with no money worries about. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you just said earlier, there's people that wake up every morning on a sidewalk that are trying to figure out how to put food in their body for the day. You know what I mean? That's what they wake up to. And, you know, the very successful people in the world, they have their own set of challenges to wake up to. I don't believe all the the bullshit that's on social media. And, you know, if you don't think Mark Cuban wakes up in the morning and is thinking about business and life. And I mean, it's it's a set of ups and downs for him, too. Oh, yeah. Different I mean, level. He's was, not worried about where his food's coming from. Wasn't there a rap song about that? Mo money, mo problems. Yeah. Yeah. Biggie. He don't he, he doesn't get to cancel all the problems in life just because he made money. Right. You know, and you think, you know, you could take your favorite, you know, the younger people out there. You could take your favorite YouTube guy. You know, that guy's stressed. That guy's got his worries. That guy's got a girlfriend that's breaking up with him or a wife yeah. or, you know, he's having thoughts of his own insecurities and stuff just because they're not looking for their next meal doesn't mean that you know life isn't a struggle i mean you could look at you know kenny chesney you know if you looked at his social media he lives on a beach in the caribbean somewhere and sails a boat and yada 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 that dude wakes up with the same kinds of stresses that everybody else wakes up to well i mean he's not married he doesn't have any kids he doesn't have a family he doesn't have anybody to go home to. Well, maybe he might have a girlfriend. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, but I know what you're saying. Person, but you know what I'm saying? Like sure. you could have all the money in the world and still be dark. As a matter of fact, just the other day on the NBA, I can't believe I was watching the NBA all-star game, but I was with Barrett Hobbs and the NBA all-star game was on at the scoreboard at his bar in Nashville. And we were talking about NBA and I'm like, dude, look how weird this is. It's like nowhere near NFL and major league. It's like weird. It's almost like even like going into the season of NBA, nobody gives a shit. It's like spring trainings here. Badass preseason footballs here. Badass. It's like, I don't know if people really care about the NBA. And I even saw some quotes on the same show from Larry Bird about how weak the all-star game is and how they need to redefine themselves and do all this stuff. But on this report, Shaq was on there talking to Taylor Swift's boyfriend's brother, uh, Kelsey, Jason Kelsey. Is Jason his brother that was on the Eagles? Sure. Well, he's retiring. He announced his retirement. Really? And, yeah. Well, not not the boyfriend of Taylor, his brother. No, I know. Yeah. Way before the Super Bowl, he announced his retirement oh, from know. the Eagles. I, yeah, I didn't know that. And Shaq was telling him, dude, enjoy your retirement. and Enjoy it. Don't think you need to still be out there playing. Don't forget about the important. He goes, when I, when I did it, I lost my family. I don't have a family. I got a 100,000 square foot house. He's talking about this and saying- 
enjoy retirement and doing it the right way. Make sure that you keep the people closest to you that are the most important and are in all of this stuff, right? Like I'm not, I'm paraphrasing here. Yeah, I'm not yeah, doing yeah. a quote by Shaq, but his point was he's worth all the money in the world and he still goes dark. Yeah. So money is not the, cannot solve problems. It's not, they say it's the root of evil. Maybe it doesn't solve problems. Probably not. Um, money, some problems. Yeah. Money's nice, but it can it. also create problems, sure. but still you could have all the money in the bank and still be sitting there going, Man, does she like me for who I am? Am, am I good clo- enough? Am I, to, to, am I close to my kids? Yeah. Am I good enough to open that next business? Am I smart enough to? Yeah. You know, 100%. Yeah. It, yeah. Is she just with me for my money or right. do I really have a personality to walk into a room and be good at what I do? And am I living a, a fulfilled life? Am I close with the Lord? Or if that's, you know, if you're spiritual, or am I close with my family? Do I call my mom every day? Am I a great son? Am I a great husband? Am I a great leader? Am I good in my community? Am I a good entrepreneur? Am I a good CEO? Dude, that's pressure. And Shaq feels it. And on TV, he's hilarious and witted and quick-witted and clever as hell. And I'm sure I'd love to hang out with Shaq, by the way. I think he'd be a blast to hang out with. I'd like to meet him and just shake his hand and tell him that I respect him. But he still has problems. Yep. So it'd be fun to sit down and talk with him in a podcast format like this and talk to him. If you could get uh, him to open up. Well, he would open up. Yeah. He's a pretty transparent dude, I think. Yeah. I'd like to sit down with him and then Barkley. You know, Barkley, frick, he's shown how dark he can go. Oh, yeah. Look at, I mean, th- those guys live a glorious life and the, it's great, but they still go through the hardships. Look at uh, Randy Travis, man. I mean, his maybe more with substance abuse and stuff, but I mean, from the uh, inside sleeve of his jacket, he should be the happiest guy in the world. Hughes, you know, successful country music star, known all around the world and all that stuff. And he and getting busted naked in Nashville and, you know, having all the substance abuse problems he had. I mean, yeah, 100%. That, um, and, and who knows where that comes from? Who knows where it comes from to, to have to rely on substances, addiction? One of the greatest voices ever, the coma, um, the stroke, the coma, the wheelchair, can barely speak anymore, will never perform again, probably mm-hmm. can never say never, but at least he's still with us. Right. But yeah, I mean, I've seen him on national news and on TV shows when he got pulled over that night. Mm-hmm. Crazy. I don't know. I think a lot of people look to money as the answer to the problems, and it's not. You know what I mean? It, it does answer some problems. There's no no doubt about it. If you're worrying about where you're rent money's coming from or your food money's coming yeah dude that's stress that's yeah that's real life hard stress you know but okay so you you know cover those two obstacles or whatever and it it only just you get different stress you know what i mean it's we're we're all the same human beings are all the same really different emotions different characteristics different things have happened in life right your life was greatly altered you know, by your dad passing away so young, whether yeah. you know it, realize it. Oh, I don't, it. you know, you I know it. it, you know, I mean, a hundred percent, you, like you said, you didn't get to, you didn't get to experience everything with him, And that's what changes all our lives. Right. You could, uh, you know, you could have a early loss and like you said, losing state football game. I'm just throwing something out there. That'll change your course of your life, man. Okay. You know, it could, it can, it does. It you know, and then that goes into your ability to overcome and adapt yeah. and and transition back into a, a right mental attitude. The RMA, the you know the mindset to stay a champion and understand what failure is. And Jordan said it the best that you'll never learn how to be a champion until you learn how to fail. Mm-hmm. And he failed a ton becoming who he was. And then and, and I and I equate that to things like dad dying because that is a failure in life of not being able to have him around anymore and experience things with him that's a a fail like you got to learn like okay how do i use this to grow what do i take what my history of my dad what he taught me our experiences together our time together did and use that to elevate the rest of my life Mm -hmm. you know be able to use that to talk to people and know how they feel when they lose somebody and what it means to be able to process that because the processing part, the grieving part and processing it and figuring out how to how to overcome it is very difficult but you have to do it. Yeah. If you get lost in it and stay that way, then what's the alternative? Just to stay dark? Well, you know, unfortunately, people do, you know, and that's what, you know, I was just thinking about for you. I'm sure at a time in your life, you know, you were going to be a pro ball player and that's all you wanted. And that was your dream and all that. And tell me, you don't know some athletes that were real close and then they could never really get anywhere else. You know what I mean? It was like they were stuck on, I was going to be a pro ball player, you know, where I think you, 
took a lot of what you like you just said about your dad but you took a lot of the fundamentals of baseball and you apply it to a, a career right you practice Are you talking about me personally yeah, i'm talking about you personally yeah. you know you practice your craft every day just like a baseball player practices sport every day and you've taken that and put it into a different you know trajectory of your life because you couldn't be a pro baseball player yep. where some guys that almost were pro or maybe were pro then it didn't work out. Now look, they're just stuck, right? They're just they didn't do anything. They all every time you see them, they talk about you know almost made it, you know, and they get stuck there. They That's, do. They get stuck. We've talked about this with UFC fighters, careers yeah. ending, and you know, on the red carpet not being rolled out. Or I and you're right, I did when I looked at my baseball career and knowing that I didn't make it and having to admit I wasn't good enough. I've turned it into using the worst quote ever used about me to my advantage. You know, not to be belittling to myself or self, what is that called? Self-deprecating? Yeah. But it's true. I take that quote serious because a lot of people wouldn't have went on. And the next year I was in top three in the country in junior college and hitting. Led the country in stolen bases. Like, went on and had a pretty good college baseball career when I could have just said, you know what? He's right. I suck. I'm I'm way over my head here. And then if you apply it into business, like you're saying, now I talk to George Brett on a consistent basis and Bo Jackson and right. and the guys that I wanted to be on the baseball field, now I'm friends with. And it's because I figured out a way to get their respect through what I'm doing, like what you just described. And people can do that. It's just in how you, what you choose to do and how far you choose to go with it. A lot of people just be like, I'm cashing it in. And it becomes sad. Right. You know, you question if you look into the study or if you studied Matt Hughes, what really happened with Matt Hughes? Like that story in itself is a tragedy and he's alive. Um, He was in a coma, lost some motor skills, speech. He's getting around, but he's not Matt Hughes anymore. No. The same Matt Hughes. No. And then I saw um, I was talking to a UFC fighter the other day about how he was telling me that there's reports that Matt has been quoted lately of saying that he thought about suicide a lot. So you look at it like, was that all because of a career that came to an end and you weren't in that seat anymore? And Shaq's quote, going back to Shaq's quote about, did Matt do a good job of keeping his family close and internalizing how what the important things in life were, his wife, his kids? Or did he let his mental health get so bruised that he let it affect all those parts to where then they finally gave up on him? I'd like to study that because... When you push somebody out of your life so far to where they literally say, we're done, no matter how much you cry to them now in the future, no matter how much you're, they're needed, they're gone. Right. I'd like, that's a good study of like, how does that happen in the mind? And it's happened to so many athletes and actors and celebrities. It's crazy. Well, and you know, a lot of them to get that answer, you know, you've got to, you got to look at a lot of different things. So look at, look at like Mike Tyson, Mike Tyson's mansion back in the day being a $50 million mansion. Did they, you know, miss appropriate their funds you know i don't know anything about matt hughes i'm just we were talking about him so you know think about if you're on the top of your game what is he's nine time you know world champion he's unbelievable but did you throw all your money away and now you don't have a career anymore and now you don't have any money either and it's like or if he even made that much money in that time that too yeah did he one day wake up and go oh my god i just spent i mean look at liddell liddell's the same thing liddell's a lot healthier but i've heard he's gone a little i mean he's gone through divorce now and and maybe he's fought demons. Yeah. I think they well, all do. I think everybody does. Tyson fought a lot of demons. I just That's saw, whole study I just saw another video of him spar not sparring, but hitting mitts. He's still unbelievable. Well, he's dude. fighting. They're saying that he just I, he's gonna, Yeah, he's gonna fight uh like exhibition style, but he's just he's nuts. He's stu- I mean, I don't think he needs to do that unless no. it brings him a big payday. Fedor punches like a ton of bricks. Tyson, the way he looked against Roy Jones Jr. was not impressive. He's my boxing hero. Yeah, you know, like literally that, yeah. my boxing hero. And I'm settled of going back and watching him all the way up to the Buster Douglas fight. Cause I think after prison and the Evander Holyfield and the Riddick Bowes and all of those fights, I don't think they were the real Mike Tyson. No, I think he was heavily affected in prison, changed his religion, um, went Muslim, had to have that, that whole reputation of being a rapist now. Um, the Robin Givens divorce, losing his management, Don King, losing his fortune of over 350 million. Yeah. How do you get? I just want to remember him for what he was when he was fighting Tony Tucker and bone crusher Smith and Larry Holmes and, and all the way up to like, you know, 87, 88. He's my boxing hero. I don't want to see him go in and get crushed by Fedor. No, even though Fedor's got knocked out cold by Ryan Bader, the last two fights, um, left hooks on both of them. I believe just short little freaking crosses. Now they're short little hooks. He's got a chin on him that's not the same. But, dude, why would you even risk your legacy 
And Tyson already did it with the Jones fight. And Tyson's the most, you know, Cassius Clay, Muhammad Ali's gone. He's not with us anymore. I'd say Tyson's the most famous boxer in the history of boxing. 100%. On earth right now. Yeah. When he goes somewhere, that guy just, like, people want to be around him. He's captivating. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, he, Mayweather doesn't even have that. They, people are around Mayweather. He's got the gold and the He's got on. flash and money and stuff. Yeah, but, dude, nobody's Tyson. I told you, I saw Mike Tyson in the airport of Las Vegas. He had one other guy with him. No entourage, no none of that stuff. Nobody's him. Nobody's Mike Tyson, in my opinion. No. I don't, I don't know. No, it's, I don't think every, anybody <laughs> ever will be either. What He had what? How many fights did he... He had what nineteen knockouts or something. I mean, that, no more than that. But I'm saying in that span where yeah. he was, it, it felt like he was fighting every three weeks and knocking somebody out every. Three, you know what I mean? It was like we'll, was we'll, 19, ne- we'll never see that again. Undisputed heavyweight champion in the world at nineteen or twenty. Yeah, knocking grown men yeah. out, and we'll never see that again. I don't think so. I don't either. I don't think that. I don't know if we will. Will we ever see another Mike Tyson? We'll, probably not, because boxing's kind of. I don't know if it, boxing's. Going to get its popularity back with what Dana White and the Fertitas and what UFC has done, but in a good way. I mean, they've taken mixed martial arts to another level, but I still love the science of boxing. But will we ever see another Tyler Woods, a dominating golfer like that, that brings people from all over the world into it? Like, I don't know. There's things that bring me into a space that you got to pay homage to and give respect. Like Mike Tyson is what brought my love. I loved boxing. But I was young when Mike Tyson started. So that's what really started my, yeah. man, I'm, mesmer- I'm, in, I'm a huge boxing. I'm a huge fight fan. Dude, you know, I think I often think about the Barry Bonds, Sammy Sosa, Mark McGuire era of baseball. There. Will fans ever get to see something cool like that again? You know what I mean? Uh, or, or the Nolan Ryans, you know, Randy Johnson. There's good pitchers out there. Don't get me wrong. But it seemed like those were just... Well, Times. the game's just been changed so much with yeah. with numbers and statistics and the way that they computerize everything now. And they have their reason for doing it. Yeah. I get it. But to win games, right? I mean, we'll never see another Ricky Henderson. No. 125 stolen bags. You, Will we ever see another Cal Ripken record? No, because they won't let you play that many games in a row. Right. Um, and, and I think you just touched on something that I've never really thought about. But technology has changed baseball so much. You know, where an old school player like Will Clark or something, he's going to talk to you about things he knows, right? Now you know these guys go out before they go out on the field. They know what every what every batter likes, doesn't like, where to throw it, don't throw it. You know, this guy, when he gets over a six-foot lead off of first base, he's 98% of the time steals second. You know, they know that shit going into it. They're winning games from the, from the box, I guess is what I'll say, more than ever. You know what I mean? Where baseball back in the day was a, a feel-it sport. You know what <laughs> I mean? You kind of knew what guys liked and didn't like, and, you know, but – and Will Clark would tell you that, you know, if I knew this guy threw up and in, that's where I had to be, you know, but they didn't know that because somebody did some statistics on the fact, you know, they played him before. Yeah. I mean, they had video. They had video. If, if a, you went and watched enough tape. It's such a way different yeah. game now, dude. Oh, yeah. It's such a different game of how they know when to take a starting pitcher out or middle relief or a closer or swinging for the home run or, and not worrying about the walk and not worrying about on base percent. It's just a different game. Oh yeah. It's, Pretty awesome, the strategy behind baseball. But still, there nothing will replace the way people used yeah. to play compared to the way they play today. It's still, in my opinion, the best sport to watch. Oh, yeah. Everything. I mean, greatest so, athletes in the world. Again, I'm saying it again, the greatest again. athletes on earth. But, I mean, I just wonder, you know, if you got to experience those days, like you said, the steroid days, it just – it was just unbelievable baseball. It was just, you know, it, it wasn't the most technical baseball or anything like that, but it was just fun to watch, you know, watching guys do what they do. You know, hitting home runs, hitting breaking records, you know, fun to go. Oh, the games were, you know, so fun to watch and go to because you were looking forward to seeing it or not seeing it, you know, whatever, depending on where you fell on the who you were, who you were hoping was going to win it or not, you know. But yeah, same with boxing. No one's ever going to see a Mike Tyson again. I look at the same, you know, the Chuck Liddell, Randy Couture days. I guess Conor McGregor, you know, had a pretty good run of yeah, being but, a dominant. I mean, what guy. they did back in 06, 07, 08, it got us all hooked on it. It did. And it's bigger than ever now because it's out there way more, way more ways to promote it. And golf is catching on with the younger. Oh, golf's huge. He, he, but that's because of Tiger. He, right. I think it's because of Tiger. I mean, social media. And, well, I, and I think like. There's a Rory, lot of Rory, you know, there's some yeah. younger guys that are doing it a little bit differently, you know, wearing, you know, joggers instead of slacks and. They're just kind of creating their own well, little didn't this new deal. tournament style. This what is it oh, called? The live, the live, the live. Yep. Like they've it's completely different than the completely PGA. Yeah, I don't know if they're going to work. I don't know if they're collaborating now. I don't follow golf. I don't either. But. I follow Tiger Woods. I don't anymore, but I did. I mean, because I got to meet him, you know, on his recruiting trip to UNLV when I was a freshman. Right, and he came in there with Chris Riley. If anybody 
studies Chris Riley. He was a PGA professional, and their other guy was name was Bill Wennington. He was the other sweet mate of Chris Riley, our freshman year. Bill or Chris went on to be number two in the country. Tiger came there for a recruiting trip and ended up signing with Stanford. But he came to UNLV on a recruiting trip. and um, You guys didn't wine him and dine him enough. We took him out. You did? Yeah, but I mean, Stanford was number one in the nation. UNLV was top three in the nation, top four in the country at that time, if I remember right. But we'll continue this conversation. I got a roll, breaking it down. Chad, Alex, rest in peace, Mr. Toby Keith. Thinking about you all the time, listening to your music. Rest in peace, Mr. Ron Crane. Jen, sorry, sister. Keep your head up. Rest in peace, Mr. Ron. We're thinking about you. Hope you all enjoyed it. We'll be back. We'll talk sport. We're always going to just keep talking everything, what's ever on our mind. I just don't have that long today. I just got back from another 22-day road trip, and I got a lot of catching up to do. And I'm going to see my daughter play volleyball right now. Alex and I are going to talk and see if you're going to come down to the early March tournament. I know you're, what the answer is. You might come. You might come down there for a day. It's fun. Fun watching them. Having I don't time. want to watch volleyball, but I'll go to San Francisco. Volleyball's fun to watch, dude. I'm telling you. Surprisingly amazing fun to watch girls volleyball not kidding you power i will watch women's beach volleyball <laughs> jesus christ all right he's got it we're talking about my 13 year old daughter here, prick. that's why i said women's <laughs> thank y'all for listening to another episode of this live aid for everybody breaking it down thanks for the downloads and subscriptions tell a friend tell a family leave us a review yeah go leave us a review and thank you to the one and only Tennessee Sour Mash Whiskey Jack Daniels, old number seven, the Gentleman Jack, the Single Barrel, the Flavors, the New 10, the New 12, the Apple, the Cinnamon, Tennessee Fire, I should say, the Honey, and all the new Bonded series, the Bonded, the Triple Mash, and the Bonded. I love them all. I can't wait to get back there. I will be back in Lynchburg this summer, fired up. I don't think you're going with us. I think you said no to that trip, too. He says no to all trips. He's just a homebody. We'll turn and talk about that next time right here at Breaking It Down. But thank you to Jack Daniels. Enjoy it responsibly. Never allow underage drinking. Talk to you soon. Few people ever achieve legend status. I'm the best ever. I say Tyson's the most famous boxer in the history of boxing. 100%. There's no one can stop me. I'm the best ever. Mayweather doesn't even have that. And we'll never see that again. And some records just aren't made to be broken. Nothing will replace the way people used to play compared to the way they play today. I'm the most brutal and vicious and most ruthless champion there's ever been. Will fans ever get to see something cool like that again? Traeger Grills, Oakley Sunglasses, Gator Coolers, and Corning Ford bring you this episode of This Life Ain't For Everybody, The Breaking It Down edition chad and alex will be right back we've had the provider mentality for a long time growing up and watching dad and mom cook wild game whether it was an italian lasagna or a spaghetti i watched in awe and i couldn't wait to be old enough to do it then we got to travel and meet all of these different chefs at all these different lodges in argentina and uruguay or paraguay or arkansas or missouri or chef mark Lindsay, who you hear on the podcast this life ain't for everybody a lot up in minnesota at trapper's landing part of the reeds family of brands and i started to learn so many different unorthodox out-of-the-box ways of preparing mr billy bogey smothered deer steak at prairie wings duck club in arkansas or the duck empanadas at duck guides of argentina and they all became part of the provider cookbook the provider mentality at the providerlife.com our rubs our original 10 in the ultimate pack including the swine and the flaky the spawn the drop time the foul the crosshairs the brit the dragon the sonora then we introduced the brand beef rub and the mother cluck and chicken rub and you can find recipes at the providerlife.com check out the provider tv on the my outdoor tv app mo tv part of the outdoor sportsman's group and the outdoor channel family of brands we got more coming we got so much more coming good luck out in the field good luck out on the rivers i hope you get those wild turkey nuggets and that pickle juice right away and get ready to throw down with some different rubs on them the provider lifestyle we're so honored to live it thank you lord for letting us be outdoorsmen hunter gatherers conservationists and providers again the providerlife.com thank you for visiting we travel a lot we're up and down america's highways byways thoroughways cornfields dirt roads back roads country roads love seeing that dust in our rear view love looking over and seeing the sunset the sunrise mallard ducks pitching in to a pond in kansas a coyote howling in wyoming an antelope standing on the side of the road in nevada we get to do this all through ford trucks corning ford paul Francis, the entire crew, the customer service, the service department, the selection, the dedication to excellence and quality, the number one Ford Super Duty dealer in the West United States five years in a row. They're in the top 10 in the country and they're in a little tiny town, Corning, California. 
5,000 people deep maybe, but the construction, the farming, the ranching, the almonds, the walnuts, the olives, the duck hunting, the fishing, the deer hunting and turkey hunting, predator hunting, you name it. Corning Ford is part of it. They support our lifestyle, their pricing. They refuse to mark them up. Give them a try. They'll deliver your truck anywhere in the country. They've delivered them to Alaska, Florida, so many to Nevada, so many to Northern California, all over Arizona and Colorado. They've delivered three to Tennessee. They delivered one to Minnesota to our friend Andrew at Wild Acre Kennels. It's Corning Ford. They support the outdoors, and there's nothing better than a Ford truck. These 2023 Ford Super Duties, F-250s, F-350s, the long bed, the short bed, the tremor package. Watch your speed. Set that cruise control because sometimes you'll look down and be like, I'm not going that fast. Something's got to be broken. And you're pulling a trailer, and you got a leer topper on the back of it. The bed of your truck is full. They're meant for hauling. They're meant for towing. Thank you, Francis. Thank you, Paul. There's nowhere better in the country to buy your next Ford vehicle or Ford Super Duty truck than Corning Ford. Thank you all for supporting them. Being in the backyard at camp, being with friends and family, one thing that the pandemic did is it got us back in our backyards. It got us staying home more. And man, we just started doing so many cookouts, so much grilling. And we've been partnered with Traeger Grills for the last decade. And I don't know if you can be more innovative than what this brand has done from the new Timberline XL and the new Flat Rock, the Ironwood 885, all of their pellets, their rubs, their sauces, their glazes, their smash burger kit. You name it Traeger Grills is awesome and we use them a ton I'm sure you've seen it on the foul life you've seen it in our social media get creative be innovative think outside of the box wild game domestic vegetables desserts pizzas you can do it all on a Traeger grill and like I mentioned that Timberline XL with that conduction plate I'm talking high heat reverse sear steaks anything you want to put on there gets it done in a hurry after you put a little smoke on them on the grill transfers right over so easy everything is simplified you can download the traeger grills app you can find recipes you can work with pros like matt Pittman at meat church and chad ward at whiskey bent barbecue and so many others from across the country to master these recipes it's simple and that's what traeger is all about they did not want your backyard experience to be complex so when you're thinking of fun and good food and flavor recipes thinking outside the box think no further than traeger grills i can't wait to get back in my traeger grill just cook up something delicious thank you all very much that's it for this edition of jack daniels presents this life ain't for everybody the breaking it down edition with chad belding and alex crosby we'll continue this conversation okay breaking it down chad alex rest in peace mr toby keith rest in peace mr ron crane hope y'all enjoyed it we'll be back talk to you soon listen to new and archived broadcasts of breaking it down anytime on soundcloud iheart spotify and this life ain't for everybody.com thanks for listening